Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying Nahum, the Prophet Nahum, chapter 3, uh, that's Parakimel. And this is Saul Weiner, the host for your podcast. With today's chapter, we're going to complete this short book of Nahum. And uh, he's going to continue on the theme of the destruction of the city of Nineveh. In the last chapter, God just told us that the reason why they are going to be destroyed is because of all of the oppression and slaughter that they uh, committed against the surrounding nations as they went conquering and building their empire and how they took all the wealth and drained the wealth from the other countries and that's how they enriched themselves. Now in this chapter um, we are going to continue to identify what the the depth of the corruption of Nineveh and the reason for their destruction and also Nahum will describe in very graphic terms the ultimate punishment and destruction that's going to come upon the people of Nineveh and the nation of Assyria of Ashur. So let's start with verse 1. Hoy ir damim. Hoy is an exclamation of woe or ah or woe or oh. Ir damim. This is a city of blood. Now, if you recall, we've had this term come up many times in many of the prophets. This means a city where people are take advantage of each other, where people fight with each other, argue with each other, take each other's things, are jealous of each other, and so on. That is an irdamim. Kula kachash. It is a city that is full of lying, people lying to each other. Perek malaya. Perek is translated as uh, by Rashi and the Radak and other commentaries as um, stolen goods um, things that people are mefarek they remove from others perek melea full of stealing and thievery lo yamish torah it doesn't stop this one person tearing up the other person killing the other person it just doesn't stop so Nahum in this chapter in the first verse that we just read is continuing on the theme of before, but before he was talking about the oppression and perpetration of violence of Assyria against its enemies, the other nations. But once one starts to treat one's enemies that way, it's not long until the that that same type of treatment of one person against each other within the city, within the nation, starts happening. Once you're uh, corrupt, the corruption starts to spread not only against other nations, but within the nation itself. And that's what Nahum is representing here, that what we described last time is now occurring within the city itself. These next few verses are described by many of the um, commentaries as, as references to the destruction of Nineveh. I don't believe that's the case. I'm going to read these, these uh, verses as if they are a description of Nineveh when it is at its height of oppression of others. So what we're going to be reading here then is a description of the of, of what Nineveh was like, what the Assyrians were like when they're waging their wars against others. Kol shot vikol ra'ash ofan. You're hearing the crack of the whips and the sound, the loud noisy sound of the wheels running against the ground. The rumbling of the chariots, Vesustoher, the galloping of the horses, Umerkava Merakeda, and the dancing and jumping of the chariots as they charge forward against the enemy. Porosh male, the horsemen get up on their horses 
and ride. Vilahav Cherev, and the swords are shining. Uberak Chanis, and the flashing of the spears. Virov Halal Vikoved Pager, and all of this causes so many deaths. And, and such a large number, incredibly large number of, of, of corpses. There is no measurement of the number of, of bodies that that people are tripping over bodies they are strewn about so much. This is a description, personally, I believe this is a description of the type of destruction that is being wrought by the Assyrians upon the others. Merov Zinune Zona, because of this type of behavior, of how they treated their enemies, because of Zinune Zona, Zona usually means a harlot, but here it means the unfaithfulness of the Assyrian people who were, and as we described before, who would conquer by making pretend they were friends, by signing treaties, by and then attacking, and then and then, so to speak, cheating on the people that they that was that were relying on them. So tovat chein ba'alat kishofim, the 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 um the uh, the tovat chein means the the uh, graceful good appearance that a ba'alat kishofim that a, a a master of witchcraft and sorcery puts forth. They, they lured them in with a friendly face, a nice face. Yes, we're going to be your friends. That's tovat chen, like a sorcerer does. However, hamocheres koyim biznunah, but then she would sell away and, and betray those nations with her unfaithfulness. Umishpachos, and families bichshafeha with her sorcery. The image of, of a sorcerer who comes and lures you in with a nice face, but then the next thing you know, he or she traps you in their claws and takes advantage of you. This is a description of Nahum, of the behavior of Assyria. This is why I believe those previous verses were referring to the behavior of the Assyrians towards others. And then God says in verse 5, Henini Eilaich, Therefore, I am going to treat you. I am going to deal with you. Noam Adonai also says God. How am I going to do this? By revealing who you really are. I am going to show the world what you really are. That you really are people that, that, that are so full of kachash, of, of lies, so full of thievery, so full of violence that no one should, should trust you. And the image is of of stripping the the clothing off of the harlot to reveal her nakedness. I'm going to show them. And I'm going to show all of the nations what you are like on the inside. And I am going to show your your shame and embarrassment to all of the other kingdoms, those that you took advantage of. And what else am I going to do, God says, and this gets very graphic here and I'm going to send upon you a disgusting punishment and you are going to become uh, grotesque and you're going to be like like um, like roi uh, means something that people look at and say oh my gosh like this is like a spectacle is one way I've seen it translated however the Radak translates roi which we find uh, Roi also refers to fecal matter. So you're going to be turned into dung. That's what you're going to be like and treated like. You're going to be so disgusting. This is verse 7. 
that whoever sees you is going to be reviled from you. They're going to turn away and it's going to be disgusted. They're going to say Nineveh has been plundered. Who could ever give her comfort? From where can I even look? From the people that want to give you comfort. In other words, you've created so much animosity against yourselves that nobody in the world is going to care when, when you're destroyed. What do you think, God says? This is, remember, still God speaking through his prophet. Do you think you're any better than no Amon? In other words, he's saying the people of Ninveh, why do you think you're so powerful? Why do you think you're so great and that you're not going to suffer God's wrath? Remember how Nahum started in the first chapter by saying that the big mistake was that the people of Ninveh thought that since they escaped punishment last time, that they, they, they were immune. They can do whatever they want. They can be as powerful as they want. They can, they can oppress whoever they want. They can kill whoever they want because they're immune. And now God says, but why do you think that? Let's go look at these other nations that were either just as powerful or more powerful or had even better military assets than you had, and they suffered destruction. So why do you think you're any different? And God says, he, he first points to Noamon, which is a city in Egypt, which sits by the Nile, which is a huge source of strength, source of water, and Mayim Savivlo is surrounded by water. How could be, it be very difficult to attack, to overcome, because it's surrounded by water? The army of the sea, which could mean they had ships, but more likely it means the sea itself was the army, in other words, because the sea itself was protecting. Miyam Chomasa, from the, its wall was built by the sea itself. And Kush Otzma, and there was the powerful nation of Kush, which is uh, translated usually as Ethiopia, but uh, certainly a, 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 somewhere in that region south of Egypt, this large, strong nation, Umitzrayim, and 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 the Egyptians, the Ain Keitza, that were so that there were so many of them, who put Viluvim and the people of Put and Luvim, Luvim is generally translated as the Libyans. Put is some other African uh, nation. They helped you, and I'm translating meaning they were there to help you, meaning No Amon, meaning the city of Egypt. The city of No Amon was number one, surrounded by rivers and water. Number two, it had the help of all of these other powerful nations and people, but they still fell. By some, by many of the commentaries, is translated as all of these nations were there to help you, meaning you, the Assyrians. Um, and and and, but it doesn't fit that well with the context here. Hayub would mean let's look at Noamon, which is sitting among the rivers, and and it's so it is so secure, and it has all of these powerful allies. But nonetheless, in verse ten, and Gamhi, she still meaning Noamon still Lagola she still went into captivity. She still went into exile. Even her children. Now, Ololeha means children or, or babies, but it also, Ololeha is referring to the children of Egypt, meaning the people of the Egypt were, were crushed against the, uh, um, uh, uh, 
outside in the streets and, and, and killed by the onslaught of the of an invading army. The Al Nikhbadeha Yadu Goral and her leaders and her honored people were cast lots over them to be sent into slavery. And all of her great leaders were bound in chains and brought to slavery. So why they that happened to them despite their power and strength? So why do you, Assyria, think you're so great? You're not the only powerful empire. It's natural for the prophet to then look at the other powerful empire that existed, which was Egypt, and say, look, Egypt was just as powerful or even more powerful, but they suffered a downfall too. So therefore, verse 11, Gam at tishkari, also you, he now looks at the people of Assyria and says, you also will be drunk, meaning you're going to lose the ability to to think straight, you'll lose the ability to fight, you'll lose the ability to defend yourselves, to na'alama, and you will be uh, crushed, or na'alama would be forgotten. Um, I would like, I like to use here, um, in verse 11, um, the translation of of the Ebenezer here, na'alama, you will be forgotten, you will be so crushed that no one will even remember who you are and you're going to start begging the enemy to protect you you're going to ask to take me as a slave take me take me away and protect me just don't kill me that's how bad you're going to be crushed your your big this is verse 12 your big fortresses all of them they're going to become weak they're not going to provide protection just like a fig tree with ripe figs that all you do is shake the tree and all the figs fall out. That's how weak. Um, all you need to do is shake the tree and, and all the food falls. Same thing, the, 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 um, the uh, fortresses you built to protect you, shake them a little and all the people will run out. And this is verse 13. Behold, your nation. Now, some of the commentaries that translate this, your nation is weak like women in among you i this in, uh, as because women are generally not considered warriors and this would be a way for the prophet to say that the people and the defenders will be weak i don't believe that's the proper translation uh, i think the proper translation is as follows behold your nation the women among you will be to your enemies in other words your nation and the and the women those that aren't fighting the wars will end up becoming captives to the enemy and if you read the rest of the context of this verse 13 you'll see why I translated it that way the, the gates to your land have been opened in other words the people have been chased out and now they are given over to the enemy and and fire has consumed the, the bars of the gate those are the, the, the metal things that fasten the the, the um, the doors in place, the fires have consumed them, the gates are open, the people are now captured and gone. Go ahead, this is verse 14, go ahead, draw the waters of, of siege, meaning before and as a siege is coming, the city will get ready, uh, and one of the main ways is collecting as much water within the walls as possible to survive as long as possible. Draw as much water as you want. Go ahead and strengthen the walls of your Fortresses, go ahead and 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 go into the mud and and make and 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 mix the clay and mix everything to strengthen the walls and make it. 
go ahead and strengthen the bricks do whatever you want to prepare for the siege but however verse 15 sham within that walls that you made you're going to be burned by flames no matter what you do to prepare you will be cut down by sword you will be eaten like the um yalak which is uh, a a um a uh, parasitic insect of some sort or a worm that just destroys all of the crops in a field and the image of all of the crops just being eaten up that's what's going to happen to you and then his kabed kayelek now his kabed um there's several translations for this but i'm going to go with um several of the commentaries explain his kabed here means from the language of lechabed to clean out so you will be cleaned out like the this insect his kabdi ko'arbe and you will be swept out of the city like locusts if you imagine the image of hundreds of thousands of millions and millions of locusts covering a field and then suddenly the next day they all pick up and fly away that's the image that's being portrayed here your people are all covering there's so many thousands and thousands of people occupying the city and then all of a sudden the war comes and everybody runs and everybody's gone here base rochlaich you had so many uh, uh, businessmen, wealthy traders, even more than the stars in the heaven. Obviously, that's, that's, that's metaphorical. However, but you had so many businessmen, everyone was getting rich on, on all of your plunder. However, Yelek Pashat Vayaof, all of a sudden, they, they, the, um, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Yelek, the, the parasites came, uh, the, you know, the bugs came, and then all of a sudden they all flew away when they got attacked and then all of the people just flew away just like those locusts flew away your leaders this is just the image of everyone fleeing the city to avoid the destruction the Radak explains this from the language of Nazar, which means a crown those of you that were crowned in other words your leaders, your nobles they flew away like locusts fly away and your which means also, your your leaders, um, um, your officers, kigov govai, flew away like another gov govai is another word for locusts. What happens? What do the locusts do? On a cold day, they all gather together in, within the cracks of the walls and they all gather together in the rocks to stay warm against each other. But all of a sudden, Shemesh Zorcha, the sun comes up, Vinodad, and they fly away. And nobody even knows where they went. That's what's going to happen to all of the leaders. One day they're all gathering in the city, planning, thinking, doing, and then the next day the enemy comes and poof, they all run. They're all gone. Namu ro'echa melech Ashur. King of Assyria, I'm telling you, your shepherds, in other words, those people that were in charge, your officers, your leaders, your, your, your captains, they were in charge of shepherding your sheep and keeping your people safe and together. They have fallen asleep. Yishkenu adirecha, your powerful, your powerful um, uh, soldiers, they fell asleep at the wheel, so to speak. Nafoshu amcha, your nation has scattered al heharim throughout the mountains. They have all run. Ve'en mikabets, and there's no shepherd to collect them. The image of, of a flock of sheep that's just scattered to the four corners of the earth, and the shepherd was asleep, and the people are gone. In Kehel there is no 
way to heal. There is no way to fix your broken wounds and your broken bones. Nachla makosecha, your your um your wounds, your makos are nachla. They became from from a language of of chola of sick. They've become so sick. They've become infected. Your wounds have become infected. Kol Whoever hears news about you, taku This is probably the most tragic from the perspective of Ninveh. Nobody cares. Whoever hears the news, they they celebrate. They clap their hands. They clap their hands in celebration. Yea, the oppressor, the terrible nation is gone. Because whom have you not oppressed constantly? There's not a nation in the world that you didn't make into an enemy. There's not a nation that you haven't depressed, not a nation that you haven't tortured, not a nation that you haven't conquered. So thus there will be no one left to mourn you and no one will care. Nachum ends this way to remind us that this destruction wasn't for nothing. This destruction was for good reason, and this destruction came about as a result of the behavior of the people of, and the nation of Ninveh. Thank you so much for studying this book of Nachum together. Looking forward to studying the next book of the Twelve Minor Prophets, which is the book of Habakkuk, or Habakkuk. I'm, I'm never quite sure how to tran- pronounce that in English. Habakkuk, maybe? But that's the book we'll be studying next together. Have a great day.